So yesterday I was listening to this interview, not an interview, I think it was actually like a TED talk by Robert Greene, the guy who wrote um, 48 Laws of Power. And it was interesting because he was just, you know, talking about his journey and um, all of that good stuff. And he was saying how, you know, in the earlier years of his life, he was just like wandering around, just like learning different things, studying and all of this until like ultimately, I think around like 42, I think he, he said he struck up a conversation with this random guy and was telling the guy about, you know, if he if he was going to write a book, it would probably be about like how over the years he's learned about, you know, how different people look to display power or assert dominance over other people from like different books that he was reading about different deities or different like like Rome and just like all of these different things. So long story long, the guy was just like, yo, like this actually sounds pretty fire. You know, if um, if you can write out whatever, I guess, the introductory parts of like writing a book is a script or whatever. Um, I don't think it's called a script. It's called something else. But he was like, yo, I'll literally pay for you to live in the city if you'll develop like what I can pitch for this book. And of course, fast forward to the end. He did it. The book was crazy successful. And he in turn, went on to write more books and everything. But what was interesting about that story is the fact of I didn't know that Robert Greene was like 42 before that book really took off. And one of the things that he was, you know, sort of harping on to an extent was how everything he did before then over all of those different years, you know, ultimately helped him get to the point where he understood what it meant to write a book. He had the knowledge. He had the understanding of just all of these different things in life that ultimately helped him, you know, get to this point, and it's, it sort of brings me back around to something I was saying on yesterday's episode about, you know, as you're going into this year, of course, having goals, but more so than having specific goals, it's important to aim towards the experiences that will be able to help you prepare to deliver whatever it is that you want to do in like a in a, in a great way. Um but even more so than that, I think it's important as a reminder to what I would call establishing, you know, establish your Mount Rushmore. I think when you're establishing what, uh, like I said, a, a Mount Rushmore of success, I think it's important for you to look to established examples of people who are within your age range, keyword words, within your age range that found success. Because I think oftentimes, not even oftentimes, too many times, we look at these people who are sort of in the moment. It's the people who are who are receiving like astronomical success at this uh, specific time, and that's not at our discretion. That's at the discretion of whoever has the biggest publication or whoever's you know tweet gets the most retweets or shares or whatever. And then all we see is, oh, look at this person who's 19 and they made $200 million off selling NFTs or whatever. And then you're just like, bro, like this person's 19. I'm 25. I'm 42. I'm, I'm late. I'm out of here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's one of those things, again, that sort of helps people walk themselves into depression or sadness or just feeling behind or all of these things. And there's way more people out here that were successful or found success later on in life that we can align ourselves with and set them as an anchor point to be like, you know what, I'm not behind. I'm not lagging. I'm working my way up, you know, into finding the success that I want to find and not even always like finding the success, but finding the success, but knowing you're on your way, you know, what I'm saying you're always in motion, like even 
you know, looking up, there's just so many people who didn't find success until later. Like, I think Betty White, RIP, she didn't get successful. And I think she did, like, the Mary Tyler Moore show or something like that when she was 51. She did that when she was 51. I think Samuel L. Jackson didn't get his first, like, major movie role until 41. Uh, Steve Carell, he didn't do... I think he was in, like, his 40s before he did The Office. I think Felicia Rashad was, like, 36 before she did The Cosby Show. Felicia Rashad, I think before then, she was she was in Broadway, though. Like, she was pretty... She was a pretty big deal on Broadway. But even then, like, even with a lot of these different people's stories, it's, it's so interesting because it's, like, even if you look it up and you're like, yo, how many people... Um, became successful in their 30s. How many people became successful in their 40s? I love the story of Warren Buffett. That He didn't become successful, like, for real, for real, until he was, like, I think, like, what, 50 or maybe 60 or something like that? But it's interesting, though, because when you even when you look up articles like that or you read into people like that, Oprah, for example, when you look at their stories and you see everything they've done up to that point, you would consider that success. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you look at that Felicia Rashad and you're like, yo, okay, she didn't get on the Cosby show until she's she was 36. And, of course, that's when the whole world, to an extent, figured out, oh, look at this woman. This is Felicia Rashad, whatever the case may be. Like, she had already been doing major things on Broadway. You know what I'm saying? So it, it also, to an extent, like, it brings you back to be like, yo, like, what's the metric of success for real. You know what I'm saying? Kerry Washington, she got really, really big after she did like Olivia Pope with like um, Shonda Rhimes and stuff, but she had done several big movies before that. Not like super huge, but in regards of having to be able to do a movie with Spike Lee or a movie with Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, like that's a big deal. You know what I'm saying? So that's what's even so interesting. Even when you look at different articles and stuff like that, and you're like, oh, who became successful at this age? It's just like that word success is so tricky because there's it, it really depends on you. You know what I'm saying? Even with these articles, it's like, their their metric of a success is when did the whole world know who you were? You know what I'm saying? And everyone knows, every artist, every creative, anyone who's in like that super like entertainment space, they're constantly on a journey to be introduced to more people. You know what I'm saying? You may be big in the States, but you may not be big overseas yet. You may be big overseas yet, but you're not big over here. So it's just like you can see how when you're going down those wormholes, it can easily take you on these you know, highs and lows that shit that that are non non existent in real life because the metric is so wavering by things that don't really matter. And I think that's why you know it's important to make sure you're doing things along the way, which all of them have. You know what I'm saying? When you look at their track record, it's like, yo, I may have became big to the world at this point, but before that, I had done this on Broadway. I did this show. I did this play. I worked. You know. I had a small store. I think the guy, what's his name? Uh, Daniel Fisher, the guy who made The Gap. I think he had done um, other stuff in small, like little retail things before that. I think he found The Gap and he was like 40 or something like that. So Stan Lee, 39 before he did his first thing. I think it was the Fantastic Four. So these are all different people who are, I'm sure Stan Lee had drew a bunch of cartoons. I'm sure he had a bunch of ideas. I'm sure he had a bunch of meetings. You know what I'm saying? So these are all things that along the way, they were learning and getting better at. And I think ultimately that's the only thing that really keeps you from like losing your mind <laughs> along the way is being able to look back and be like, yo, I may not necessarily have 
done this particular thing yet. Like like Stan Lee, I'm sure when he did the Fantastic Four, it was like, yo, this is super dope. But even before then, I feel like he can be like, yo, my ideas are good. Not just because I think they're good, but because I've written enough concepts or I've drawn enough car- cartoons or or uh, whatever you call them. Uh, not cartoons. Uh, uh, superheroes or whatever the case may be. Um, or I've acted in enough plays or I've whatever to know, like, I have skills for real. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. Like I said, I think I think it's even still the skills and everything is important to, you know, chip away at things along the way. But I do even more so think it's important to do your research along your way. If you're someone who's 18, fine. You can definitely look at some people who are 18 and, you know, see what they did or whatever. But I think in order to relieve the pressure for yourself, I would maybe look at, yo, who were people that were you know, successful around 30, 40. And then you sort of reverse engineer the process of like, yo, what were y'all doing when y'all were 18? I'm not looking to be successful when I was 18, even though you might, like I said, because if you're re if you're reinventing the wheel, not reinventing the wheel, but if you're reverse engineering the process, then it's very it it probably puts you in a better position to be successful sooner because you already gave yourself some sort of roadmap. But I said I said not to be successful when you're 18, just so you don't, like, wipe yourself out. You know what I'm saying? But, again, even still, if you're 25, if you're 30, if you're 40, it's like, all right, cool. Who who became successful when they were 40? Who became successful when they were 50? What were they doing at 40? What were they doing at 28? What were they doing at 32? You know what I'm saying? And on top of just recreating those things, it's important to know that you can even scan your life, look at your life from a bird's eye view and be like, yo, what have I been doing to chip away at this? Am I a better writer than I was last year? Am I am I a better designer than I was last year? Am I a better whatever than I was last year? If you were, then fine. You, you are making progress. That is the key to success. And the only thing that is going to make the difference is time. Because if you're getting better and you're doing all of those things, it's going to find its way to you. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. I think I think that's just really important to create your own route, Mount Rushmore, find three or four people who fit within that bucket. And again, I know I just gave a bunch of examples, which I sort of hate um, that I gave those specifically because they're all just like entertainment based. But I just wanted to give you guys the point. Because everyone's not, the goal isn't to be world a world-famous entertainer for everyone. You know what I'm saying? I think that's one of the issues now. It's just like when everyone thinks of success, it's like, oh, someone that everyone knows that's successful. And it's like there's like plumbers who have their city on smash. It's like if you don't book this plumber, like there's a good chance you'll be calling someone else back. You know what I'm saying? Who make money? There's teachers. There's all kinds of things. So, and well, teachers isn't necessarily the great example because teachers need to be paid more. But. In regards of you still know a good teacher when you see one, a teacher who has your kids. My mom's a great teacher. Teachers who take time with the kids and they have them like punching well above their weight class. So, like I said, there's all of these different examples in different fields of people that may have got got started later in life or it just took them a little bit longer. But if you're like I said, if you're at the mercy of whatever the world, whatever the media, whatever social media is presenting to you of who's the Who's the hot wave, the the 20-year-old or whatever? I honestly think that started with, like, Bill Gates and, like, Mark Zuckerberg. Like, they were the guys who were, like, super young in their teens who created these, like, multi-million dollar companies. And we were like, yo, you can do this when you're, 
19, when you're 20, when you're not even in college yet, when you're in, and it just sort of warped everyone's minds. It's like some people are anomalies. You know what I'm saying? They're just like, they come in, they strike at just the right time and with matched with luck. And it's just like this thing that's just like, wow, no one could have expected it. But that's not everybody. That's not a lot of our journey. You know what I'm saying? And it's not stripping you. It's not saying you can't go on and be great and start a amazing business or whatever the case may be. But it is to say like, you can still do that, but it just may not be that way for you. You know what I'm saying? It may take you a little bit, not even longer. It's going to take you the time it needs to take you. And that's the thing. It's not longer. It's not short. It's just like it took how long it needed to take. And the only thing for you to do is just make sure you're taking those steps. So, um, again, create your Mount Rushmore for success. People you can look to that sort of make you feel like, all right, cool. Like I'm pacing pretty well. And again, just keep on chipping away at what you're doing. So, you know, when you're looking back, you can look at the work that you do. And that for sure will make you feel better about it. Um, so on that note, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. If you did put it in motion and I will talk to you guys on the next one. Take care.